This morning, yes, we're talking about the cross. We're thinking about what happened on that humble wooden cross and how it is that that cross in all of history symbolizes God's great love for us and the gift of His Son. You know, there are many people that are offended over the cross. They don't understand why that has to be part of the gospel. Uh, Dwight L. Moody told the story of a professor who came and saw him with concerns about his preaching, and he said, well, I like what you're doing and the way you're inspiring people and you're helping the community, but your cross offends me. It's cruel and it's crude and it's just not civilized. (laughs) Well, Moody paused a moment and he said, well, my friend, you have a dilemma then because your pride is offensive to God. And His only remedy is the cross which you have ignorantly rejected. How many of you know that the cross is important because it reveals the way we all must humble ourselves before God and accept His grace the way He provided it? You know, some Christians almost practice designer salvation. You know what I'm talking about? They think they can design a gospel and a salvation that's pleasing to them, that somehow uh, connects with their values and their priorities, not realizing that the only gospel we have is the gospel that God gave us. The only Savior that we have is Jesus Christ. And the only sacrifice that we have, which was necessary to forgive our sins, took place on a humble but cruel cross that Paul said is a stumbling block to the Jews and cannot be understood by the Greeks. It's not logical. And so we see the cross is offensive. And isn't it interesting how Christianity struggles with the cross and even rejects it and tries to write it into history as something less than it really was. Crucifixion was the most ugly and uh, and cruel uh, punishment that was ever invented. And we see that our own Savior died that way for our sins. Please turn with me to 1 Corinthians and the first chapter. As we consider the offense of the cross and how God in His grace and mercy shows us what it really means that we might be forgiven and that we might have new life. The Apostle Paul teaches the churches in the various cities represented in the epistles the importance of the cross. And we'll see how here in to the Corinthians, he's explaining something very important. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of human, of human, not the words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied 
of its power. How many of you want a powerful cross and not an empty cross? Well, guess what? We can make the cross empty with our attempt to use human wisdom to explain something so great and wonderful beyond our comprehension that we can only accept it by faith. Verse 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is to us who are being saved. It is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand a miraculous sign and the the Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, foolishness to the Gentiles, But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Does the cross offend you? Is the cross something that you just can't understand or appreciate? Why it is that God would place something so cold and so cruel so unthinkable in terms of the kind of gospel that we might prefer for ourselves interesting as we look through Paul's letters to the various churches he says to the Galatians that the that the cross is our only source now hear this of glory he said that I cannot glory in my wisdom or in my accomplishments, but only in the cross. To the Ephesians, he said it's through the cross that man is reconciled to God and God is reconciled to man. We cannot understand the cross without understanding God's plan for reconciliation as the relationship was broken. And somehow through a means beyond our understanding, it was this cross that God used to provide a bridge for our restoration. To the Philippians, he speaks about those enemies of God as the enemies of the cross, not understanding the cross as they pushed away from God because of their offense over the cross and became enemies of God as the cross symbolized all that they could not understand or accept in the gospel. To the Colossians, he says that the cross of Jesus Christ is our peace with God. The sacrifice is made. Our salvation is provided. Therefore, we have peace with God. And also to the Colossians, he explains that the cross, as we consider the law of the Old Testament and the faithfulness of the Jews seeking to obey that, 
think understanding that in faith and obedience, their relationship with God was of great value. Yet here, the cross of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice, the resurrection of Christ, what a stumbling block that through this, the law was replaced. The law was fulfilled. The law was abolished in terms of in Christ we realize that it is our faith in Him and His sacrifice rather than our own good works that we're able to be saved. How many of you want to understand the cross? More than ever. How many of you know that in our journey of faith, God will reveal this and many mysteries that are deep and important to establishing our faith? And we're living in an age where the cross is not a popular topic for preaching or for conversation among Christians. Yet, with Paul, we should glory in the cross because it is in that cross that we see God's great love for us and the necessary sacrifice. I mentioned uh, this particular window that we have brought to us by uh, an artist. Don't you appreciate the members of Faith Chapel that uh, that gave gifts to provide these beautiful crosses. You know, we we use the pictures of the crosses on our website, and uh, we tell something about the story of these crosses. And uh, we who worship here all the time can easily uh, neglect them, overlook them. I would encourage you before this Easter season is over to pause and just read about the message of each of the crosses that are here. Each one represents an important part of the work of Jesus Christ. I referred to this one this this morning, and for some reason this is my favorite this Easter because it speaks of the humble wooden cross and the three steps below it that represent faith, hope, and love. And we realize how God has made himself accessible to us to know him through this incredible gift. Now, I want us to look at this passage and realize that what's happening here as the, as the Apostle Paul explains the importance of the cross, he first talks about the cross as the power of God. The power of God revealed for our salvation. It's a powerful cross that uh, men can empty with their human wisdom. It's only by faith that we're able to experience the power, the power revealed and the sacrifice that was made. Second, we see the purpose of the cross. In verse 16, as this is the message, the gospel message, the purpose as God communicated to man, his love for us, his desire for us to be restored. And so the purpose of the cross is that we might know God's love, that we might accept the message of hope for our salvation. And then third, he talks about the problem of the cross. And uh, he mentions that it's a stumbling block to the Jews. I can't understand. Why is this necessary? Aren't we complete? Aren't we fulfilled in the law? And we realize that the law ultimately is fulfilled in Christ. 
and the cross must be accepted. And to the Greeks who thought that they had sufficient wisdom and that wisdom could not explain the nature of the cross, the purpose of the cross, the power of the cross. And so it's a problem. And it's a problem for every believer today. How many of you know that uh, one of the hardest things for us to do is to accept God's provision by faith? Just accept it because what it's it's my nature to kind of do it my way. How about you? I can remember arguments I used to have with my mother as she would accuse me of stubbornness and I would say, I am not stubborn. Not realizing that, you know, God reveals our heart, our nature. Uh, yesterday I was started, uh, I got to work again on a stump in my backyard. You know, I've had, uh, let me tell you, I've had problems with tree stumps all of my life. How about you? Elm trees in New Mexico, oak trees uh, in Oklahoma. And guess what? I'm stubborn because Ginger says, just call somebody to take it out. And I'm out there with the axe and the sledgehammer and the log splitter and the shovel determined to get that stump out of there. And yesterday as I was working on a stump in the backyard and trying all these things and I was wondering now, am I going to give up and just pay somebody to do this? I thought, you know, there's a lesson in this about how we really struggle to fix our lives some way. We think, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to try this. And the cross is always there as a testimony of how we can never do enough. We can never really help ourselves the things that are really important. And how God through the cross is saying, hear this, Give up and accept my provision and know that my grace is sufficient for you. Well, I'm still working on the stump. I haven't given up yet. But through experiences in life, we learn the lesson over and over again that we're stubborn. We really want to fix things our way. We really want to prove that we could do something that's going to make a difference when ultimately the cross is the statement that there's nothing, there's nothing we can do, nothing we can do to save ourselves. And that's why we need a Savior. Why did God send a Savior? Because we needed a Savior. We needed a cross to show us that it's our sins that separate from God. And God's only answer is the cross and the empty tomb. And now as Jesus reigns upon the throne as King of kings and Lord of lords, we realize God had a plan. And it's greater than anything that we can understand naturally. And so this morning I want us to conclude with these three steps of faith and hope and love and how the cross provides the basis for that and the stepping stones. Faith. And the verse I give you this morning is Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's a good Easter verse, isn't it? (laughs) Because we can't understand the cross. We can't understand the mystery of the resurrection unless we believe. 
And it's that same chapter that explains that that faith, by faith we know, and we know by faith that faith provides a basis for our inner understanding, the deep wisdom of the heart that knowledge cannot provide. Number two, as we look at hope, and we see hope through the cross, the offensive cross that somehow brings hope. The verse I would share with you is from Romans 8.28, that all things, even the cross, work together for good to those who love God. We don't understand it. How many of you have suffered in your life in such a way that you didn't have a clue how any good could ever come out of it? And then eventually God began to give you the wisdom and the perspective and even a spirit of gratitude towards that trial or that problem. And we realize somehow in that suffering, God plants the seeds of hope. And in the cross, we know that all things work together for good, even the cross, the ultimate and what encouragement for those who are suffering illness, suffering from <clears throat> uh, family problems and financial problems and, confu- and conflicts and all of the problems and troubles of life, we realize there's hope. And somehow we know God understands because he suffered through his son in such a way that we can all connect with. And then third, We see the love of God revealed in that cross, that offensive cross that reveals the love of God. And uh, you know the verse that I would choose, of course, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would what? Not perish, but receive eternal God's love through the cross. How many of you love the cross? Because it's God's love letter to us (laughs) in a profound way where he says, I know you're hopeless. (laughs) And so here's my provision. Accept my love through my son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for... Lord, as it is so offensive to our carnal nature, Lord, it brings hope and faith and love into our lives as we accept it as your provision, how wonderful and glorious it truly is. Lord, we humble ourselves once again at the foot of your cross. We ask you to remake our hearts and our lives and our purposes, O God. Help us to see, O God, that what you've done for us Lord, was all necessary for our salvation. And help us to recommit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take a moment to consider all that God has done for us and how we might respond to his word this morning as the worship team leads us in this final song. you stand with me and let's sing together that chorus to Because He Lives that we sang earlier today. 
And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he Every one of us is experiencing suffering even now, various degrees. It's, it's the human experience. We suffer in this life, in this world. There's disappointment, there's confusion, there's loss, there's heartache. And we need to understand and appreciate God's grace for ourselves and for one another. And as we look to the, to the cross of Jesus Christ, we look at the empty tomb, Jesus on His throne, we realize that there really is hope. Can I ask you this morning, do you know someone who's suffering this Easter season? Someone who's suffering, someone who's in need? Remember them in prayer and remember that, that God has everything necessary for them. And if you're suffering this morning, I would encourage you just to reach up in faith. Just ask God to help you to understand His sufficiency. Just receive His provision. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this morning, I encourage you to come up at the end of the service. We want to talk with you and pray with you so you can be sure that your sins are forgiven. What a wonderful Easter season this will be if you know that you're saved and you know that Jesus is living in your heart. I invite you to come to the altar to pray this morning. If you have a personal need and would like prayer, please come forward. Lord, we ask you to dismiss us with your blessing this morning. But Lord, help us... Uh, not to be quick to leave without pausing at least for one more moment with gratitude for all that you've done for us, O oh God. We ask you, O oh God, to help us realize that as surely as, as we have suffered in our suffering, that all of your children experience that and you understand and you're able to give us hope. We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, O oh God. Help us as a church, O oh God. Help us as a church to represent the love of Jesus Christ and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ as we touch people who are in need. We ask for your blessing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you this morning. Whoa.